You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. Uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd like you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. I'll get right into the Word. Matthew and chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 13. Matthew chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, just look on the, the, the smartphone of the person next to you. You're allowed to use a smartphone. You can actually, if you don't have a Bible in your phone, just go on the Chrome or your web browser and just put in the Bible passage. Just put Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. It'll pop it right up, even in... Uh, Google in your browser. So click on those links, and I want you to follow with me. Um, in this church, we, we really believe it's important to be checking the Word. So we won't just be sprouting some, you know, good preach, and we, we believe in good preaching. I love it, you know. It needs to hit your spirit, but also needs to hit your heart when we preach the Word. So we, we'll do both, but we won't just do heart. It's got to make sure it hits your spirit. So it's important you check the Word and make sure I'm not leading you astray. Okay, so follow with me in your translation. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. I'm reading from the NIV version. Uh, just before we read, while you're still turning there, just want to give a shout out to Pastor Tanya. She's my wife. And also the two Tanyas, Tanya Young as well in the back, uh, who came here at, I think you were 5.30 in the morning. Pastor T was like 6 in the morning. They came to fill up the baptism pool. So every time we have a baptism, give them a hand. Let's celebrate them. It's a great thing. Big sacrifice. And uh, if I have any, like, uh, righteous, courageous men to say, look, next time we have a baptism, can I do it? I would love that. I'd love to give these girls just some relief and some release from having to do that. But if that's you, you're responsible. Come and see me. So the next baptism will do it. Uh, well, as soon as we need it, we'll do it. But it'll definitely be in summer. I'm sure we'll have another one. Okay, let's read together. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. It was then, I added those extra little words, it was then, then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. I want to talk to you a little bit about the context and the background behind this, because you see this little bit of pushback from John. He's saying, Hang on, hang on. Why are you coming to me to, to be baptized? It's I that should be baptized by you. I'm not even fit to untie your shoes. That's what I told my disciples. And you're coming to me to be water baptized? It ain't right, Jesus. I want to do the right thing in the kingdom. And you are the one without sin. You should be the one baptizing me. I want you to understand the context at that time is that the rabbis of the day didn't stay plugged into the temple. They used to go around in those days gathering disciples up. The one who gathered the most disciples was the most effective rabbi, and the rabbi of Jesus' time, he was the man. He is your Stephen Furtick of the day. I don't know if there's a greater preacher right now. He's one of the big ones. He is your John Gray. 
He is your, uh, you name him, T.D. Jakes. Filling stadiums. Jesus is the man back in that day. Baptizing people. And so he started his mission. He's come to the River Jordan. It was really quiet up to this point in time. He had not done any great miracles and healing signs, wonders, but he'd begun. But before he actually released himself into the public eye, the first thing he did was he went to John the Baptist to be baptized. Now, here's the thing. The reason why it was so significant is that a rabbi would baptize someone who's saying, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow after you. So Jesus is actually declaring everyone came there because they wanted the baptism of Yohanan, of John. Okay, his name isn't actually John the Baptist. That's just the way that we relate to him. He is Yohanan bar Zechariah. That's his actual name, John son of Zechariah. But we call him John the Baptist. He was, he was known for this. Everybody who was baptized by John had the baptism of John. So everyone realized, oh, I see, you're a disciple of John. So you understand the contention here is that John's saying, you can't, be my, you can't be my disciple, Yeshua, Jesus, because you're, you're holier than I. I mean, you are the son of God. I'm going to be baptized, but can you baptize me? Just say, no, we can't do that. There's some things that we got to pick up from the scripture. You see, by submitting themselves to be baptized by John, now keep in mind that the baptism was actually reserved for Gentiles, for non-Jews, to be baptized into water, a full immersion. You see, the Jewish people, before they entered the presence of God, they came to church. There was a bowl or a fountain outside, depending on where they were, synagogue or temple, and they would be washing their hands, a ritual purification of their hands before they went into the house of God. Hands and feet had to be clean. But here we are, we're seeing that this is a full-on baptism like they do with the Gentiles. So do you understand the significance of this? Jewish people are saying, even though I am born a son of Abraham, I'm going to submit myself under the waters of baptism because I realize I'm unclean. Hang on, hang on. You're the clean people. You're God's chosen people. Yeah, but I recognize the sin in my life. I need to be water baptized. So now we come to this passage here where you understand now the weight of this all. We're saying, I'm declaring that I am unclean and that's why I need to be water baptized like a Gentile. I'm also declaring that I'm being water baptized under John, like I'm a disciple of John. And John's saying, this is ridiculous. This is foolish. Why are you doing this? Let me unpack it today. I want you to understand a few things. If you're taking notes, which we'll always give you here. Here's the first one. It's a question. Most of these are questions. How hungry are you? In case you're wondering if you're new to Live City Church, we're not quiet listeners. We are receptive listeners. So I need you to shout out. I need you to shout me down. If you hear that's a word for me, you just stand up. You point your finger. You can clap. You do whatever. Do not be quiet, okay? There's a word that God has for you today. I want to ask you, how hungry are you? Let me unpack it. Why are you asking that question? The Bible says Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized. And we just read that. We thought nothing of it. What you missed out on is the point that John the Baptist came under the spirit and the anointing of Elijah. Elijah wore a coat of camel hair. It's, it wasn't fashionable in the day, even back then, in case you're wondering. It was nasty. He's wearing camel clothes, right? That's it, camel skin. And his diet was grasshoppers and wild honey. He was probably like in a total vegan diet. <laughs> is it vegan to eat grasshoppers? Maybe not. It is, I don't know. You're going to be thinking about that one now, aren't you? I mean, just when you think of grasshoppers, just think cockroaches for a moment. We're thinking cockroaches, you know? That crunchy exoskeleton on the outside, that gooey goodness on the inside. Mm -hmm. With some honey. 
Come on, let's just put it in perspective here, brothers and sisters, okay? Don't just take this for granted. They're e he's eating grasshoppers and honey. The man is just sort of like something ain't right in his head. People are going out to a desert. Now, he's not going to the, like, he's not going to, like, you know, uh, Potter's house, you know. He's not going to, like, uh, what's that big one uh, uh, in, in Texas, you know, some of the big mega churches. He ain't going there. He's out in the desert. He's in the middle of nowhere. And the Bible tells us thousands of people are coming out to John the Baptist to be baptized in the desert. you got to go out of your way to go into a wilderness experience to seek God. you got to go out of your way. you got to be super hungry to be able to go into that desert, walking on feet, getting dirty, just so you can see some wild men in the desert. I mean, put it in perspective for a moment. What is going on? we got a dude who eats grasshoppers and honey. He's dunking people and saying, in the name of you know, the Father, I'm just going to dunk you for Jesus. People, I, I don't know. You know, maybe someone like, i got to see this, man. i got to see this wild man out. Why are people going? People went for various reasons. But can I challenge you with this thought? People came because they're hungry. Amen. This is not a gentle man. He's saying things like this. The religious leaders came as well. They wanted to be baptized. He says, you brood of vipers. You coming to me to be baptized? Think again. You got to get your heart right. You got to get your, your life right. You're not living it right. Hang on a second. Where are the righteous people? Where are the religious leaders? Where are the Pharisees? Where are the teachers? Of law? You can't talk to us like that. Yes, I can. You came to me. You came to the desert. You came out of your way because you're telling me you're hungry. I wonder where is that fire? Where is that hunger? Because you thought this is as good as it gets in your faith and your walk with Jesus. You thought it's about the music. You thought it's about the preaching. You thought it's about the podcast you can download. You thought it's about the awesome leaders, the pretty cheeky babes that lead us in worship, the handsome men in the house. It's not about any of that. We have something that the world does not understand. We have the presence of God. I was sharing with the guys as we were praying here before we began the service. I said, you are setting the tone for the service today. That if you tune out, if you're disinterested, if you demonstrate apathy in the house, that is going to be the atmosphere in this house of God. But if you are hungry, if you are desperate for God, it's going to be infectious in this house. See, some of you, you've been a Christian for a long time, and you've never progressed in your walk with God. You've been, you've been happy with just this, but at the same time, you're not happy. You're bored. You're bored as a Christian because you never took the next step. I want to encourage you today. It's time the next, to take the next step, but the next step, you've got to go into wilderness. You've got to seek God in the desert times. So God will throw you into desert sometimes because he wants you to cry out to him. He wants to see the desperation of your heart. See, here's the thing I want you to understand. To what lengths will you go after God? True hunger is shown when hunger outweighs convenience. Somebody needs to write that down. True hunger is shown when hunger outweighs inconvenience. You see, a hungry man will walk high and low looking for bread. A hungry woman will take on nasty jobs if it means her children and she will be fed. <laughs> Write this other one down. Enough can be the enemy of the kingdom. The Bible tells us of a church in Laodicea that they were, it, was a, it was a rich city. And everyone had enough. Even the people in the church had a lot of money. 
And the Bible says that they were apathetic. The Bible says they were neither hot nor cold. And, and Jesus is saying to them in this book of Revelation, he says, I just want to spit you out of my mouth. I can't stand you. Either be hot or just go totally cold. But don't put one foot in the kingdom and go clubbing on the weekend. You decide where it's going to go. Either you are hot on fire for God or you're cold. But he says, I hate lukewarmness. Do you understand the message? This is what John's preaching out in this desert and people are still coming to him. I mean, who does that? Because I'm told, this is the thing, today we live in a generation where we're told among the pastors, hey, you got to preach a message that makes people happy. they got to go away. And we will. It's good news. Okay, don't get me wrong. But what I'm trying to say is I can't just preach a message just because it's going to make you feel good. i got to preach what Jesus tells me to preach. Sometimes they're hard. It'll always be good. Don't worry. It's, it's good news. It'll turn around. But there are those moments you're like, oh, man, you know, you know, you can hear the pin drop in the church as I'm dropping a word. Like, I know these are bombs, and I know they've gone in there, and it's all like I don't notice. I know it's all like, like oh, the glaze eyes. And it's usually those times when, when God moves powerfully. Man, this, even the religious priests are coming out there, you know, bringing even poor white trash neighbors are coming out to check on this brother. You know, what's going on? It's wild stuff. They love this stuff. You will go to all kinds of length to find God when you know you need him. Amen. Yes. Need trumps want. Yes. If you're wondering what the word trumps mean, because you're thinking Donald Trump. Need is higher than want. I should have, sorry, I should have said that. Need is higher than want. You can do without the things you want, but you can't do without the things that you need. Yes. But some of you, your relationship with God is still a want. It hasn't translated yet to a need. You've forgotten the days when you were saved and what you were saved from. Some of you have not hit rock bottom yet. And it's sort of like, how much has God got to throw in your face before you start to realize, I need God? What does it take for your marriage to fall apart, for your family to fall apart, for you to fall apart. You're in school and you're struggling in school. It seems like your friends are deserting you. You're falling into depression. You're thinking, God, what's going on? That's the thing. You're supposed to call out to God. Matthew eleven twelve says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. You don't go pussyfooting into the kingdom. You grab hold of it with both hands, and you don't let go. Amen. The hungry take it by force. The needy take it by force. Some of you don't understand this, but you understand this illustration. It's like Christmas when you go shopping for Christmas. You know, you, know, you have every intention to plan. I will never do this again. I have to ask, I will never do this again. I'm going to start planning. I'm going to be looking for the sales. I'm going to have my list ready. Oh, God is my witness. That is your New Year's resolution. I'm going to be planning these things out. And you know, every single year, it's, it's a Christmas Eve, and you still haven't finished your shopping. And you're like, God, thank you for Westfield, Chermside, right? 24-hour shop. I think they stopped it, by the way, so you got to change your plan. But late night shopping you're still there oh dear god you know you're going from shop to shop oh that'll do that that'll be just fine you know you know that your kid said i want that you know i want that avengers infinity war action figure i want to have that thor you know that mighty thor with an eye patch you know that's the one that i want you know i want to can you go get that for me for christmas mom and dad you have yeah, no problem honey and then you're there they're all sold out so you think okay the ken doll will do i'm gonna tell you the ken doll won't do 
when it's Thor, action figure, you know, Avengers, Infinity, well, you got to get the right stuff. The prices are exorbitant, but you're like, I don't care. I just got to get something. You can barely afford your presents. But then it's the next day after Christmas. It's the Boxing Day sales. Can I hear a shout out to Jesus? It's a Boxing Day sales. And those Ken dolls are going back to the store. My son does not want the Ken doll. And before the door opens, I mean, there's lineups. They've shown this on TV. They're ready to push. They're shoving people down. The, they're on their faces. And they're being trampled by the crowds. You know, they are shoved, they're jumping on them, smashing their head to the ground to get to the Thor Avengers Infinity action figures. Not dolls, by the way, ladies. They're action figures. Action figures as they get to it. And those are just the grand that's how hungry God wants you for the kingdom you will trample on people to get into the house of God it's like I remember when I, I, I tried to do a 40 day fast I know I know I'm saying un, unworthy pastor I've done 30 days that was my record 30 days I was on a liquid fast and I, let me tell you when you're fasting for 30 days you are carrots Carrots are smelling good. You can smell carrots. You can, you can smell lettuce. It's just intoxicating. You know, and at night as you're dreaming, you're, you're dreaming of the pie, you wake yourself, you, you're actually awoken by that taste, you know. You're salivating in your bed and you're like trying to chew because you can't chew anything. I remember when I came off that fast. It was pretty nasty. It's another story for another day. But as I came off that fast, we're thinking, I'm thinking right now, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go. Tacos, spaghetti, burgers. I'm going all out for this thing. I'm going for it. Just try and hold me back. That's the kind of hunger. In fact, it says more for the kingdom. Here's the second thing. I'll go, I'll go smash through these. Number two, are you holding back what God wants to do? Write it down. Are you holding back what God wants to do? The Bible says John tried to deter Jesus. Well-meaning as he was, he's saying, I understand this, but Jesus, I'm not worthy to be. A, I'm not worthy. You should be the one baptizing me, not me baptizing you. Why are you doing I can't do this. I can't do this. Jesus has to convince him to baptize him. There's another story the Bible says how Peter, the, the great apostle of faith, right? He once said, Jesus said, who do, who do people say I am? Oh, they say you're this great religious figure. You're a, uh, you might be John the Baptist reborn. You're a great, another great prophet. Yeah, yeah, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, John. Well done. Standing ovation by Jesus. And this happens the next moment. This is what Jesus said, Matthew 16, 23. Jesus says, they're walking towards Jerusalem. This is towards the end of his ministry. He says, where are we going, Jesus? We're going to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man is going to be handed over to his betrayers. The Son of Man is going to have false witnesses against him. The Son of Man is going to be crucified and killed on the third day, be raised again. And Peter says this in Matthew 16, 23. Jesus, oh, sorry, verse 22. No, Jesus, that will never happen. We'll prevent it from happening. We'll save you. We'll rescue you. The ministry must continue. Listen to what Jesus says to him. I mean, it's all well-meaning. sounds really good. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get me behind me. Get behind me, Satan. Satan? You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Jesus is saying, don't tell me. My flesh wants to do that. My flesh doesn't want to suffer. Don't make it hard for me. i got to do what i got to do. 
Oh, you don't need to go to church, bro, to, to experience Jesus. Don't, you don't need to do that. You can do it at home. you got podcasts. you got all that. You don't need to be in the house of God. Oh, you, look, you know, you can just skip reading the Bible. It's okay. I know you missed it. Don't worry about it. Let's just go out. Let's go hang out. Okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you got youth group there, but let, let's just come with me. Let's, let's just go out. Let's just go hang out. You don't need to go there, right? You're my, I'm your friend. I'm your, I'm your friend. You don't can let me down. You got to come with me. Come on. We're going to come this weekend. Let's go do something. We can actually prevent people from entering the kingdom. We can actually deter people from being able to carry out the things that God has for us. I want to ask you, will you be a stumbling block for ministry for the sake of others? It's amazing. Here's, I want to give you the next one. Number three, go on real quick. Will you do more for the sake of those who have less? Jesus did not need to be water baptized. He had no sin. He certainly did not need to be baptized by John. By the way, it was rightful that he went to John the Baptist to be baptized because according to his his lineage, he was the rightful high priest of Israel. See, the, the people became secularized. They were voting for a high priest. But in the time of Moses... It was through birth that you became the high priest. And John the Baptist was the rightful high priest. Jesus went to the right source. He understood authority. But why did he do that? He did that for your sake. He did it for my sake. Jesus is saying it's necessary. Some translation says it's necessary to fulfill all righteousness. If you've never been water baptized before, Jesus is saying it is necessary for salvation. It's necessary to complete the job, complete the task. How many times you see in your family life people who have more sacrificing for those who have less? Less. Your mothers often do this. Just when they sat down after their big day offering, you know, they, they, they've offered a snack to the kids. The kids didn't want it. Just when she sits down and settles down. Oh, mommy, I'm hungry. Can I have some too? That dad that goes out, you know, enduring the job that he hates because he needs to provide for his family. The parents that will sacrifice their own sleep and comfort to change nappies. People hungry for God will endure discomfort. They will sacrifice their time, their talent, their treasure. They will love even when it hurts. They will go out of their own way to do the things that God requires of them because it is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. Let me keep going here for the sake of time. Here's the last one. This passage teaches us that this whole reason for water baptism is that we can be full and filled with righteousness. Why baptism? To be full and to be filled with righteousness. That's the message title. Fulfill righteousness. Why are we doing this? John asked him. Jesus said, it's necessary to fulfill all righteousness. I looked up that word fulfill. And according to vocabulary.com, the verb fulfill means to fill a need or want. According to Cambridge, fulfill means feeling happy because you are getting everything that you want from life. Fulfill means, according to Merriam-Webster, the archaic version, to make full, like you expect. It also means to put into effect, 
to meet the requirements to bring an end to. Jesus is saying, I need to do this for your sake to bring a, uh, to a completion all righteousness. Jesus is not willing for anybody to die in their sins, to fall short of God's glory, saying, I'm going to do the work for you. And I'm going to go ahead for you. And I'm going to model what I want you to do. Let me close off this morning. The second mention of water baptism in the Bible, the first one was Noah in the ark. The Bible says that in 1 Peter 3. How God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. Water baptism is about salvation. But the second one, I just want to finish off on this one. We read about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2. About all the people that Moses led. He led them to the Red Sea. They had just escaped out of Egypt. And they're on their way, and now they're stuck at the sea. And God begins to part the waves. You know the story. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 2, They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Remember, Moses becomes their discipler because they were baptized in his name, in Moses. But I want you to understand the context. Why don't we stand to our feet as I close? The people of Israel had been slaves for 400 years. They never knew a day of luxury. They never understood what it was like to sleep in. They never understood the luxury of being able to say, no, I don't want to do that. All they knew was that their backs would be beaten if they didn't get up first thing in the morning before the master awoke and the last one to sleep after the master's fallen asleep every single day of their lives. That's how they identified themselves. They were slaves. But all of a sudden, Moses, God sends Moses as a deliverer. He takes a people out of a place of bondage, and they are trapped at the Red Sea. The Bible says that the king realized they had lost all their slaves and wanted them back. And every single chariot, every single officer, every single uh, army came out in force to take back their prisoners, to take back and enslave the people of Israel. But God was able to part the waves. You need to understand the story. It didn't happen. Uh, they didn't walk instantly. God separated the waters. The Bible says the wind blew all night until they walked on dry ground. So it blew all night. They walked in the first thing in the morning for hours in the night. God dried up the ground for them. But when the soldiers came to chase after the people of Israel, the Bible says God made it so that their chariot wheels got stuck in the mud. And they couldn't move. And now they're stuck in the middle of the ocean, an entire army. And that was the end. God sent the waves. And the last Israelite had walked out of the water. God sent the water, and it destroyed and totally annihilated the enemy. Here's what I want to tell you. Those things that kept you bound, those sins, that repetitive sins, those addictions that you have, it might be porn. I don't know what it is in your life. It might be drugs. It might be alcohol. It might be other things that you just cannot let go of. It's your secret sin. Perhaps even your family doesn't know about. And it's a struggle that you have. And it seems like you're constantly being pulled back. And for the first time, when you go under the waters of baptism, you are going to kill your old self. 
The Bible says that your old self is buried in that water and doesn't come back out. But here's the thing that you need to understand. That enemy that's been after you, that enemy that's been hounding you, that enemy that has control over you, that has mastery over you, is going to be destroyed in that water and never come out alive again. Baptism is powerful. Can you give an amen to the Lord this morning? Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.